Well, good morning, East Tennessee. Boy, I tell you what, it was just beautiful driving into the station this morning, seeing a beautiful sunrise come up. Uh, you know, it, I love this time of year when the sun starts coming up a little early and stays up a little longer. Uh, it's just beautiful. So uh, thank you for joining us this morning. My name is Scott Brokamp. I am one of the owners of His Security and Technology here in Knoxville. And so glad to just to be able to be here and share a little time with you this morning as you enjoy waking up around the house. A lot going on this weekend. As normal, the Dogwood Arts Festival is in full swing at World's, Par World, uh, World's Fair Park this weekend. I can't spit it out, apparently. This is the 63rd annual festival featuring hundreds of artists, musicians, and food vendors. Hours today are 10 to 7, and admission is free. The Vols baseball team wraps up a three-game series with Mississippi State this afternoon at Lindsey Nelson Stadium. First pitch is at 2 p.m. Hopefully, we'll go ahead and take the sweep today. You can hear John Wilkerson call the game on our sister station, Sports Animal 99-1. The Women's Basketball Hall of Fame inducts five new members tonight. Ceremonies will be at the Tennessee Theater. The most notable members of the class of 23 is probably former Lady Vol assistant and Jefferson County Patriot Carolyn Peck for more information on all the events happening around town including links to tickets and to go uh, go to visitknoxville.com that's visitknoxville.com also want to mention our Lady Vols softball team is taking on Arkansas this evening uh, starting their three game series that game will be on ESPNU at 5 p.m. today so uh, <clears throat> never never in a lack for things to do here in our beautiful area here in east tennessee speaking of beautiful and beautiful things to do we my first guest this morning uh we're going to talk a little bit about some of the beauty that we have so now that we're down to the last four weeks of school for most school districts in our area memorial day is the unofficial start to summer and nearly 40 million americans will hit the road on that weekend alone our topic on around the house is summer travel and day trips around east tennessee are you ready for a good trip? If not, I have a couple of guests on the show today who can help you get ready. My first guest this morning is the new spokesperson for the Great Smoky Mountains National Park. In her career, she has been a park ranger at Grand Canyon National Park and a public affairs officer for the Bureau of Land Management and the U.S. Forest Services. She's here to give us the latest information about what's happening this summer in the Smokies. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Emily Davis. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So glad you're here. Uh, you, uh, We were talking a little bit beforehand. You're, you're a little newer to the area, aren't you? I am. I, I've been in the area about six months now. I recently just moved from uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, so this is quite a change and i'm loving it so far it is definitely is definitely beautiful there is uh, no doubt about it but looking at your resume you have uh, been living in the peaks of the beauty of america for a long time grand canyon how long were you there i was at grand canyon for almost 13 years holy moly it was a, a wonderful experience uh beautiful and um so many great people that i met there um the experiences I had, though, really prepared me for uh, coming over here to Great Smoky Mountains National Park. Um, yeah. It's 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 a great place to be as well. It, it is. It really is. I mean, let's face it. So many of us have, have come here or relocated here because we used to come visit and hang out in the mountains. So. Uh, so what's what's new this year going on in the uh, in the parks for us to be mindful of? 
There's so much going on at Great Smoky Mountains National Park this year. I think one of the biggest things and probably the newest change uh, at the park is what we call Park It Forward. This year, starting actually March 1st, um, everyone who is visiting the park and parking their vehicle for longer than 15 minutes is now required to display a valid parking tag in their vehicle. Ooh, How, it, how's that going over? So far, this program's been going very well. Um, what has been happening, you know, the last several years is that the Smokies has been the most visited national park in the country. Mm. More people come to the Smokies than go to Grand Canyon, Yellowstone, and Yosemite national parks combined. Wow. Uh, that increase in visitation has, uh, you know, increased wear and tear on trails, facilities, mm. and has also caused some uh, unnecessary strain on our staff. Sure. Um, combined with that, we don't have um, the, the the budget, I should say, from you know, appropriated from Congress hasn't changed very much at all over the mm. last, I don't know how many years. So as our visitation has gone up, our budget has remained flat and we needed to do, to do something to be able to improve the visitor experience. Mm -hmm. So we adopted the Park It Forward program this March. Um, and like I said before, it's uh, now uh, required that all vehicles parked more than 15 minutes need a parking tag. There are three kinds of tags someone can purchase. Uh, there's a daily tag, which costs $5, mm -hmm. a weekly tag that costs $15, and an annual tag that costs $40. So it's not like it's an extensive amount of money. Um, and it's just, you know, I, I really, hats off really to, to our parks because you guys, um, I, I'm just going to say the only way I know how, you guys kind of get the short end of the stick when it comes to funding uh, and you have to really be creative to find ways that are not very obtrusive that obviously aren't going to get people to go, oh, I don't want to go back, uh, but also in things that are going to be helpful. And I know this is one of those things. I know the, uh, you know, the annual passes started, um, what was that, five years ago or so um, for the parks. Um <clears throat> I don't remember the time frame on that, but I, my mother-in-law, she was like, oh, I'm getting mine, you know, and uh, and my parents both uh, uh, got theirs, and, and we're very excited to be able to be a part, to be able to help and, and kind of help be able to give back to that. So I, I think that's that's exciting that you guys really think outside of the box to find ways to help further the cause and, and meet the needs that you have, but yet also be mindful of the visitors that are coming. And that's really our number one priority is, is the visitors and mm -hmm. the visitor experience. This this program, 100% of the, the revenue from the program stays in the park to directly influence the visitor experience. Mm -hmm. So all that money will stay in the park to improve trail conditions, to increase facility maintenance and cleaning. Uh, we'll be able to have more staff on hand as well. So that's more education rangers, mm -hmm. that's more uh, first responders. Everything about this program will just really enhance um, what a visitor might experience in the park. And ultimately, too, it'll help out with our, our staff um, and uh, help take away some of the, the strain that, that they've been feeling. Yeah. I mean, and you guys do. You do such a great job. And you, you, you honestly, it's, it's one of the most diverse jobs, really, you, when you think about it, because you have people from all over, not just the United States, you have people from all over the world that come and visit our beautiful park here. And so you, you get to deal with the people, but you also have to deal with, well, 
your your part of the job is the facilities taking care of the actual natural habitats and and making sure that everything is is in place so um i imagine kind of like we talk about in, in my world every day is a little different you know i imagine you see different things every day that's right no no two days are the same um we can think you know this is going to be my schedule for today and have it perfectly outlined and then as soon as we walk in the door that's that's all gone out the window something happens and here we go yep so you know obviously one of the things that many of us knoxvillians love and east tennessee uh, families love to do is go take that drive through cades cove loop so is the parking permit going to be required to go through cades cove loop or is it just if we're going to kind of park and hang out for a while so if you're driving through any part of the park, that includes Cades Cove, or if you're driving over Newfound Gap Road to see any of the scenic views from, from there, you don't need a parking tag. It's only required if you're going to be parked for longer than 15 minutes. There's a lot that you can do in the park in under 15 minutes. Sure. Um, against you know any scenic drive through Cades Cove, you don't need the parking tag. Um, we have a bunch of short walkways as well that if you park your vehicle and, and go walk for you know, half a mile or so, you can do that in under 15 minutes. If you just want to stop and go into the visitor center, you don't need a parking tag. Uh, and then, of course, there's time uh, if you need to, to stop and use the facilities. Um, so anything like that, you don't need the parking tag. Right. Well, that's awesome. I'm, you know, I'm sure you, you probably get that question a lot since this has started. So, uh, well, Emily, we're going to take a real quick break. If you have questions or comments that you would like to ask or uh, maybe just Give us your little two cents about your joys of our beautiful Great Smoky Mountains. Give us a call or text. You can reach us at 865-656-8255, or you can call 1-800-951-8255. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back here on Around the House on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Good morning, and welcome back to Around the House. I'm Scott Brokamp. And my first guest this morning is Emily Davis from the Great Smoky Mountain National Park. Uh, Emily, I'm so glad that you joined us this morning. Uh, you, you know, we have such that natural beauty of the park, and, and so many people enjoy it. So uh, I know we started talking about the new program, the Park It Forward program, um, about the parking passes. And, of course, if you've heard me much on this show, you know that I very simply digress and chase squirrels all over the place easily. So uh, I do want to get back and talk about some of the things that are coming along with that uh, for the Park It Forward program to be able to provide additional conveniences to uh, to those coming to visit the park. Yeah, so I think one thing too that visitors should know when they're coming to the park is how easy it is to get a parking tag. If you come to the, the park prepared, um, you might already have one. Uh, you can purchase annual tags from Great Smoky Mountains Association online. You can purchase daily and weekly tags through recreation.gov. And then when you come into the park, um, we have what are called automated fee machines at 16 locations throughout the park. Yeah. And you can purchase your daily or weekly tags there, or you can go into the bookstores and purchase uh, tags there as well. So it's easy to get a parking tag um, when you drive into the park um, or get one ahead of time. Um, and then something else too that, especially for our visitors who are preparing their, their trip in advance, is to know that we're, we're working with seven local companies uh, to offer shuttle services in the park. Oh, wow. So if you want to 
drive uh, or go for a hike to one of the most popular destinations in the park, but don't want to park there, um, work with one of the local companies. Uh, they can drop you off. They can pick you up. Um, they all offer something a little bit different. So that's just a really nice option for our visitors to have in the park. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, and if you're if you're getting ready to plan a trip or if you're working and thinking about planning a trip, go check out nps.gov, National Park Services, nps.gov forward slash GSM for Great Smoky Mountains. And there are tons of resources that are available on the website. Um, you're going to be notified of daily alerts if there's something going on that you need to be aware of. Uh, and then obviously all the great information about what is happening at the park, uh, including the wonderful park it forward initiative as well. Um, what are, what do you guys, what do you find yourselves in a position as far as enforcing the, the parking passes? Obviously it's new, so I'm sure there's a lot of education that goes into this currently. That's exactly right, Scott. Exactly right. The um, import, or the education piece is the most important part right now. This is new. This is new to our visitors. This is new to our employees as well. So we really just want to bring a lot of awareness to this. Mm -hmm. um, we did have a public service announcement campaign that just ended a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Probably uh, some of you saw that um, on social media, on uh, commercials, uh, even on the radio. We were really promoting this campaign and really wanted to bring awareness to it. Um, so education is our, our number one um, focus right now. We do have some dedicated rangers who are um, walking around parking lots. They're talking to visitors, um, telling them how they can purchase their parking tag. Uh, and then at one step up from that, um, we do have uh, courtesy notices as well that our rangers will stick on vehicles um, if they notice that the, the car might not have a parking tag and they've been parked a little bit longer than that 15 minutes. Right. So at least at this point, I don't have to be worried that I'm not going to, my car is going to be gone when I come back from my hike, right? I think right now we are focused mostly on education. Um, if your vehicle is towed, it's more than likely because it's been parked <laughs> inappropriately. And by that, I mean, you know, halfway into the road where it makes it right. a safety uh, hazard yes. for our, our hikers and other um, drivers. Yes. Well, and yeah, I, I just don't, I, I know my family and I, we have gone multiple times and, and you can get it at times. It is just crazy, right? I mean, it is just crazy. And so people, um, unfortunately think they uh, have the liberties to make their own parking spaces. So that's not always good either. So, uh, we definitely appreciate what you guys do, but speaking of safety, obviously fire prevention and in knowledge of what to do if you're if you're camping if you have a campfire uh and then obviously you guys are having to do some prescribed control burns to keep the natural habitat um well actually fertilizing, and growing uh at the same time what are some things that we need to know about so with prescribed fires, um, that's something that we do want visitors to know about and know that prescribed fires, um, those are a tool that we can use to help promote growth of, um, in, in some cases, meadows, in other cases, forests. And at the same time, that can decrease catastrophic wildfires. Mm -hmm. So we just finished uh, last month, I believe, um, some prescribed 
burns in the Cades Cove area. Those are low-intensity fires. Those are set under very specific parameters or prescriptions. So our firefighters, they know what the weather's going to be like for the, the day or the next couple of days. They know what the relative humidity will be. They'll check soil temperatures. Uh, they're checking all these different um prescriptions really to make sure that that what they're going to do is safe for the resource and more importantly safe for our visitors so they don't just um, set fires because they feel like it they're out there they're putting science and and effort into it Um, that takes there's a lot of planning that goes into prescribed fires Um, and these tend to be low intensity Um, they might um, cause some smoke so Mm -hmm. sometimes we want visitors to know that there might be smoke that they could see or smell Um, we really want our visitors to know too that if our firefighters are out there that they're out there um, for safety reasons please pay attention to them if Mm -hmm. they're out Um, but all in all prescribed fires if used appropriately which in the case of Great uh, Great Smoky Mountains National Park they, they regularly Really are if used appropriately they're a great tool for us um, they they help um, and decrease some some heavy um, fuel loads in the forest mm-hmm. um, and they help maintain that sort of historic view shed of um, Cades Cove in particular yeah and I, I had a, some time in my life that I lived in Florida and and I learned a lot about the the needs of having a lot of these controlled burns and because it, you know, we don't think that it's promoting life, but it is. That's right. Um, it is a, a natural part of uh, the, the ecosystem and these low intensity fires, they can really help um, with, you know, putting uh, nutrients back into the soil and mm-hmm. thus promoting um, better growth for um, yeah. plants that animals like deer and uh, birds will need to, to survive on. Yeah. And I, that's so just so vital so vital to keeping that area healthy um obviously we as you know we're you know uh, several years removed now from from catastrophic fires and uh you know and i think everybody's still very mindful of that and everybody's still aware and so i'm sure when the the controlled burns go out even though when people are aware everybody's you know i'm sure you get an influx of calls and uh to let you know that they see smoke so but it's great that's you know our our uh, natives that live here, or the people that live here, we we care as deeply about our beautiful Great Smoky Mountains as as obviously you and your staff do. So, um, I think that's important. You know, yeah, thank you for saying that, and and the the awareness. Um, piece of it is also just it's so important that people know why we're doing it um, and important that we let people know when we're doing it Mm -hmm. Um, we don't want to take anybody by surprise Um, we know that it can be a sensitive topic uh, and we we do appreciate that people understand again the why behind those prescribed fires yeah and it's like most things right when we understand why (laughs) usually things go much better right so you have some other programs. You have a program called Adapt, Adopt a Cabin Volunteer Program. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so uh, out at Cades Cove, we have a number of historic structures. Mm-hmm. I think we have about 27 historic um, cabins, schools, churches, uh, barns in Cades yeah. Cove. It's part of what makes Cades Cove mm-hmm. such a special experience. Yeah. Um, so uh, this year, we did ask for some volunteers to help us uh, maintain some of those cabins. The volunteers will do um, light maintenance that's sweeping the floors of the cabins, that's maybe cleaning off any uh, graffiti, picking 
picking up litter, uh, mm-hmm. cleaning windows. That's making uh, the making sure those cabins look their best. So that when visitors come along, they they have a, a really good experience there. Um, so it is a neat program. Um, and, and just knowing that we have so many volunteers who are so interested in keeping those cabins uh, clean and sharp, um, it's, it's really neat to be a part of that. It, it really is. I mean, it, again, it is a very special piece to all of us here. So if somebody wanted to get involved or be able to volunteer for that, what should they do? So this year, the Adopt-A-Cabin program was very popular. We already have... A, um, more than enough volunteers to help with that, but we always have a need for volunteers for so many other projects in the park. We have a very robust volunteer program. I think in 2022, um, over 2,000 people volunteered their time at Great Smoky Mountains National Park. Something like a collective 170,000 hours were volunteered last year. So um, just because the the kids Cove Adopt-A-Cabin program uh, filled up with volunteers almost immediately. Doesn't mean there's not an opportunity out there for you to volunteer. Um, if you go to our website, nps.gov slash grsm, uh, you'll find all the volunteer information you could hope for. So if you want to volunteer on a trail to help people with their hike, you can do that. If you want to volunteer at a visitor center, um, helping people plan their trip, you can do that. We have volunteers who help pick up litter. We have volunteers who help with our law enforcement patrols. Um, we have um, search and rescue volunteers. So you name it, there's probably a volunteer opportunity for you at the park. So I, this is off the uh, off the chartered course here, but how many how many employees, what is the size of the staffing that you have there at the park? So at the park uh, right now, we probably have somewhere between 200 and 230 employees. And, and how many miles is that that you're covering? Uh, miles of road, it's 384. Miles of trail, it's um, more than 900, I think. So volunteers are a huge part of of what you guys do in your organization to make sure that our parks stay beautiful and safe and, and convenient for everybody. So, again, there's plenty of, plenty of volunteer room. Uh, if you would like to volunteer, I'm sure that Emily and her team would love to have a little extra help. Uh, <clears throat> I'm sure that would go a long way. We can't do our jobs without our volunteers. They're out there alongside us every day, um, solving problems, saving lives, serving others. Um, we, we love our volunteers. Yeah. Well, um, there you have it. You need something to do. School's going to be out. There you go. You can go volunteer at the park. Uh, we're going to take a short break. We will be right back. If you do have questions or comments, you can text them uh, or call 865-656-8255. That's 865-656-8255. We will be right back here on Around the House. News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Welcome back two around the house my name is scott brokamp and my guest this morning is emily davis she is a park ranger uh and more spokesperson for our great smoky mountains national park emily i'm so glad that you're here uh you have such good information for our listeners and i just again i you know we talked a little bit before we before we even started and i had a friend who was a park ranger and just i really have such admiration for what you guys do and um it's it's one of those things it's it's always got to be more than a job 
to do what you guys do and, and there's a passion involved. So I uh, thank you. It very much is a passion. You can't find one of us who doesn't have a passion for the National Park Service and the, and the job that we're doing to help care for this special place for the American public. That that is that is awesome. So we you know we started talking about school's going to be out soon, day trips, vacations. What are some of the things that we can get involved with uh, at the park? maybe for a short day trip or a camp or something like that. What are some of the exciting things that you guys love to, to talk about? Well, one really exciting thing that um, is brand new this year um, that is great for families um, is a brand new junior ranger activity guide. Um, hot off the presses, um, it's available today, which is National Junior Ranger Day. Ooh. So this activity guide, it's not just for kids, it's for kids of all ages. Um, it's really intended to be more of a group or family activity. Mm -hmm. So on your next visit to the park, you can stop in at one of the bookstores, grab the Junior Ranger activity guide. It's really interactive, um, good for the whole group. Um, and you can, at the end, earn a Junior Ranger badge and and, and wear one yourself and, and have a little pride and that you've learned about the park and are helping take care of it. So take us through a little bit about what's in the Junior Ranger Guide. Some of the things in the Junior Ranger Guide, um, there are some mapping activities. Um, there are some activities um, that'll take you through some um, of the historic structures in the park. Mm. Um, you've got some writing activities, some drawing activities, um, really an opportunity to to find like a quiet place in the park and sit and, and, and enjoy that. Mm. Um, I, I know there's also a tear out postcard um, that you oh, can cool. send, um, say, hey, you know, come come join us next time on our visit to the Smokies. Um, we love it here. We want you to come here next. Um, so it's just a really great uh, activity guide and um, you'll learn a lot about the park uh, and maybe a little bit about yourself too while you're doing it. Wow. That's pretty awesome. I like those quiet places in the park. There's, oh, there's just some beautiful places just to sit in, just take in the natural beauties of, of what we have. So uh, obviously we always hear about the fireflies and obviously the lottery to be able to come and take part of that. Um, when is the deadline for that this year? So the Firefly um, Viewing Opportunity Lottery will close on Monday at 8 p.m. Okay. Um, it's open right now. Um, so you go to recreation.gov, um, just search for Great Smoky Mountains Firefly, or even I think just searching for Firefly will bring up uh, the opportunity. Uh, you can put in two dates um, between June 4th and June 11th um, that, that you might want to try to come to the park for. Um, it's a $1 one-time fee mm -hmm. um, if you do get selected in the lottery, then you'll um, be charged a $25 reservation fee. And if you have your reservation, then the um, the opportunity will be sometime between June 4th and, and June 11th uh, to see the synchronous fireflies. Wow. I, I, I have never been there. I've never seen them. I've seen videos and, and it just seems magical. This will be my first year experiencing them and I am so excited. Well, I have... I have two girls, right? So, you know, fairies and princesses are abound in my house and, uh, you know, little rainbow unicorns. And so we, we think of just the, some of the videos that we have watched of the fireflies is just, it just seems so amazing. I, like, how could you not want to be able to experience that in person? So it, yeah. uh, 
one of these days, one of these days we will get there. I, I will say too, there are other places where you can see the synchronous fireflies. Um, I know Congaree National Park in South Carolina is a place where you can see them. Uh, and there are places um, elsewhere in this state um, and up into Pennsylvania, I believe. So uh, it's just a matter of knowing where some of those other places are. And I wish I, I had those secret spots to share with you, but I don't. <laughs> Um, but it, it'll be a great experience. Um, and there are, I think, 18 other species of fireflies in Great Smoky Mountains National Park. So even if you don't see the synchronous fireflies um, any night in the summer, you should have uh, some sort of light show. Wow. That is, I had no idea, 18 other so a varieties lot, a lot of fireflies. Of, a lot of fireflies. Wow. That's interesting. I had no idea. Uh, so let's shift gears. Let's talk about fishing. So... You know, the Great Smoky Mountains is probably not the place that I would think about to go for great trout fishing. But apparently, there's a lot of great fly fishing going on up there. It is one of the, the I'm not a, I don't fish, but I would say that of all the places I visited, it's one of the places where I've seen more, more people out fishing than anywhere else. There are about 2,900 miles of streams in the park. Mm. Um, as long as you have a valid Tennessee or North Carolina um fishing license you can yeah. you can fish those streams um apparently it's a uh, world class for trout fishing um and just really pleasant experience um again i'm not a, a fisherman myself but when i see them out in the water it just looks so inviting and so relaxing yeah. and like a lot of fun too yeah well obviously you can say i'm not a fisherman either so otherwise i would have known how how awesome the the fishing was here in in the park but you know and we do we hear about different organizations that do fly fishing retreats and different retreats uh in the park to um for a lot of reasons right but it is as you said it it, it is very calming um from what i understand so i should probably take that up <laughs> Because most of my activities are not that calming. <laughs> it could be a good opportunity. And, you know, I think that we have a, a group of fisheries biologists who work on things like stream restoration and make sure that the streams are healthy for fish. And they work very closely with organizations such as Trout Unlimited. Um, so that's, again, another way to get involved and, uh, you know, yeah, take up fishing. And, and I think it'd, it'd be a, a great great time for you yeah as we say in my life like where where do i have spare time to fit in yet another activity right uh but the obviously so many people are very much aware of the hiking and the camping that's available uh at the park any anything new or exciting that we should know about as far as uh any different campsites or any new trails or anything this year so all the the, the trails um there's there's still they're still there. They're still the same. Um, so no new trails. Um, there is some trail maintenance right now out at Ramsey Cascades Trail. So it's currently closed. Um, there was a flood event last summer that washed out part of the trail and a foot log bridge. So our trail crews are out there right now um, rerouting the trail, rebuilding that bridge. Uh, it'll be good to go soon. Um, otherwise, we have about um, you know, 850, 900 miles of trails. Um, so plenty of opportunity to go out and explore. And, you know, even on some of the busiest days in the park, you know, get half a mile down those trails and mm. you'll be able to find some solitude. Yes. Um, so hiking, camping, backpacking, those are some of the most popular activities in the park. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you're right. You want, you get, once you start getting down some of the trails, it, 
you know, it may start as a group, but it starts to space out. And there is plenty of opportunities as people stop and take pictures. And, um, you know, I know for us, my family, when we go, we, a lot of times we'll just stop and grab a rock and we'll just kind of sit there and hang out and chit chat, you know, uh, put the phone down and enjoy just some, some space and some time together as a family. And I know for us, that's one of the things that is exciting, uh, you know, I know with kids, sometimes it can be uh, treacherous, uh, but there's, you can find that joy in anything. And, and obviously in the park, there's so much solitude available that, I mean, how could you not find a nice spot to just sit there and hang out? You know, it is a great place to come unwind. Um, easy to find a spot off the trail or, you know, if you like to be on a trail with, with other people there, there's that opportunity too. I know some people, especially solo hikers might want to be on a trail where Mm -hmm. there are more people. Um, but however you want to experience a trail, there's an opportunity out there for you from paved trails to some of the the hardest hikes in the East. Um, there's something out there for everybody. Now, do you guys, do you offer guided, um, trail walks or hikes? So we do have some ranger-led hikes, and then some of our partner organizations, such as Friends of the Smokies um, and Great Smoky Mountains Association, uh, they do offer some guided hikes as well. Um, some of them might be more focused to things like art or photography, um, wildflowers, um, the historic structures. So, uh, again, another opportunity for everybody, depending on what your interests are. Sure. Well, and that's you know that's one of the things we really didn't talk much about, but just the the relationships that you forge with uh, local organizations to be able to provide pretty much whatever is needed for anybody who's coming to visit the park. So if you've never been on a hike and you don't want to go alone and you want to have a guided tour, there's, there's organizations and opportunities to be able to do that. Uh, and I know you guys do very good job of, of trying to help make sure that people are aware that there are a lot of organizations and opportunities available to really just kind of meet whatever the need may be. Right. We talked before about how we need volunteers in the park uh, to help us uh, fulfill our mission. We also need our partners to help us too. Mm-hmm. Um, I mentioned some of them earlier, Great Smoky Mountains Association, Friends of the Smokies, um, Discover Life in America also also called DLIA, they're great um, helping us understand the science and the biodiversity in the park. So Mm. we just have so many good partner organizations, too many to list here. Um, But those are some of the ones that we work with um, daily. Um, And like I said, they uh, help us fulfill our mission. So you've been here, would you say six months now? Six months. So have you found a favorite spot in the park yet for you? Oh, I have been so busy um, just learning about my job and learning from all the great people I get to work with. Um, so far, I, I've spent a lot of time in the Twin Creeks area. Yeah. And there's this this great trail, the Twin Creeks Trail. I don't know if you've hiked it or not. Um, it's not the hardest hike yeah. in the park. It's probably not the most scenic hike in the park. But for me, there's just something very special about it. Hiking along the creeks, um, you can see some historic structures. Um, there's... Cherokee Orchard Road there so you know that there are some people nearby Um, and it just kind of for me encompasses uh, what the park is about so you have the the visitors uh, and their experience there are these historic structures and their importance to the park and then you have this amazing uh, natural 
you know, biodiverse experience. And so to me, it's just sort of the all-encompassing experience of the park. So, so far, that's my favorite, but I would say I've explored uh, a minuscule amount of the park. So there's a lot to go. Well, and I only ask that because I'm sure uh, being in the forestry division and being a part of our parks for as long as you have, um, I, I would, I can just imagine that, that, you, you know, there's always going to be that I'm going to find my spot, you know, I'm going to find my spot. There's always more to explore, uh, in the park service. There's just so, so much to see, so much to do, so much to learn. There's a lot of park. There's just a lot of park. It's about uh, 500,000 acres uh, yeah. of park. Yeah, nothing to it. You could scavenge it in a day. Yeah. Uh, we're going to take a short break. We're going to come back, and uh, Emily and I are going to finish talking uh, a little bit about the park. And then we're going to talk about our topic of the day, which is women's basketball. And uh, I think you will be interested in that conversation when we return here on Around the House on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. And welcome back to Around the House. I am Scott Brokamp, and I am visiting with Emily Davis uh, from the Great Smoky Mountains National Park. Emily, you have really shared some good information with us this morning, and I certainly thank you very much. And I hope that our listeners out there today, one of the main things I hope they take with them is that, A, our park is beautiful. Let's keep it that way. And B, the best way to do that is volunteer. Right. So let's get involved and let's help out and volunteer. So, um, Emily, if I, if we're planning a trip, what's, what are some things we can do to have the most successful trip that we can have? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so, you know, since we're talking about, um, you know, summer vacations coming up, um, it, I think it is important to talk about how to have a memorable and exceptional visit. And, for about 10 hotspots in the park, um, people should know that demand often uh, for parking often exceeds capacity. So be aware of that. Um, we have some tips that'll kind of help with that. And again, help visitors have a memorable and exceptional visit. Um, so one tip for our visitors, if you arrive early before say 8 a.m. Um, or late in the afternoon after 4 p.m., um, you'll have a better um, opportunity to find parking um, uh, it's especially effective if you're doing a short day hike. Um, you know, Laurel Falls is one of our most popular places in the park. So get there early or later in the day, um, and then you won't have to, to wrestle around for parking. Um, another tip, um, consider riding those shuttles that I mentioned earlier. Um, again, just let somebody else do the driving that takes some of the stress out of finding uh, a place to park on our, our busiest days, especially holidays. Um, another tip is uh, get off the beaten path. Um with over the you know half a million acres in the park and close to 900 miles of trail, there is plenty to explore. Um, so you really don't have to go that far to get off the beaten path. Um, I think one of our underused resources is what are called quiet walkways. A lot of people see those on the road and they just drive right past them. Mm -hmm. Really a, a nice place to, uh, as you and I were speaking about before, experience some solitude. 
Um, and then, you know, consider some alternate locations. Um, Klingman's Dome is another one of those hot spots where mm -hmm. uh, demand for parking sometimes is, is more than, than what we have. Um, there's another place in the park, though, that's kind of like Klingman's Dome. It's not the highest point in the park, of course, but Look Rock um, will give you some great views and give you that sort of same sort of experience where you're climbing up a tower um, and have a really great panoramic view from the top of the Look Rock Tower. Um, so a little bit of planning for your trip and you can have a really, really great visit. That is, that's awesome. Good information, great information. Emily, thank you so much for hanging out with us this morning. Um, and so as we have inducted here the topic of the day, we want to talk about women's basketball today. Uh, one of the cool things is that the Women's Basketball Hall of Fame is inducting its 24th class tonight. It's hard to believe that it's the 24th class. Uh, we've already mentioned our East Tennessee native, Carolyn Peck, who was uh, who coached the Purdue Boilermakers to a national championship in 1999. She will be joined by Kathy Boswell, um, who um, also played on the Olympic team in 1984 that was coached by Pat Summit, where they won a gold medal. Uh, Lisa Mattingly, Lindsey Whalen, and uh, Donna Lapiano. I, I know how to say that name. I struggled for a long time, by the way. Just want you to know. Um, they will all join tonight being inducted into the Women's Basketball Hall of Fame. And so for some of our listeners, uh, because I love to talk and ask questions, I learned that Emily over here was quite the ball player. <laughs> um, I, that, thank you for saying that. I'm not sure that I would say that, but I, I did play um, basketball in college, but that was like 20 years ago. So it's been a time. Well, you know, I, I I would I would be remiss if I didn't mention my my new passion in my involvement with the Lady Vol Boost Her Club uh, here locally. And and by the way, if you're listening, there is an adult um, uh, camp that's going to be going on. It's May 10th, and it is uh, going to be hosted with um, Coach Kelly Harper. There is going to be um, several of our Lady Vol superstars, Tamari Key, Rakia Jackson, uh, Julian Hollingshed, uh, Sarah Puckett uh, is going to be there, and uh, I believe a few others. But it's an opportunity to meet and greet at Pratt Pavilion. So parking is free. You get to go and work out a little with our Lady Vols. Uh, at the same time, there there will be uh, some hors d'oeuvres, uh, autographs, um, camp t-shirt. Uh, you get to tour the facilities. There is uh, hear from Coach Harper and uh, about strategy and some things about the game. It's kind of unique because it's the a, an adult experience. Um, normally, these camps are for younger kids. So check it out. You can go to Lady Vol Boost Her Club. Um, dot com and check that out and, and be a part of it. I will be there. I'm telling you, and there's going to be a free throw competition. So I'm just telling you, Tamari, baby, you listening? I'm I'm bringing it. Okay, I'm bringing it. So uh, a lot of opportunity. But again, and, and we're going to talk some more when we come into the top of the next hour. But ladies, lady athletes, really, they kind of get the short end of the stick. And, and I just want you to know that that's one of the reasons I'm so passionate with a, a dad of two girls who both are uh, very athletic and involved in different things. Um, it's important. And, and so we wanted to make sure to take the time to recognize uh, our women's basketball 
Hall of Fame inductees coming in this year um, because, quite frankly, that is a huge, huge. Um, I, I mean, it's a huge accomplishment to to make that list, and there are very uh, a very large amount of very successful women in in our basketball era here. So, um, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about planning for your summer vacation and a little bit more about women's basketball. Stay tuned right here on Around the House on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Well, good morning. Good morning. Welcome back to Around the House. You know, I really like that kind of that last line in there. We'll talk about just about anything. Because uh, I don't know about your house, but we talk about just about anything around my house as well. Uh, if you were listening in in the first hour, uh, we were talking from about the topic of the day, which is uh, women's basketball. Um, you know, uh, my previous guest, Emily Davis, that was in here, it was awesome to learn that she actually was a, uh, a collegiate athlete. Um, and so it was it was really that kind of worked out really good. That was cool. So but. Uh, again, today is the 24th inducting class into the Women's Basketball Hall of Fame. We have Carolyn Peck, uh, Kathy Boswell, Lisa Mattingly, Lindsey Whalen, uh, Donna Lapiano, and you know it, it, it is a huge accomplishment. But one of the things that you know I, I think that may get overlooked a lot is we have the Women's Basketball Hall of Fame right here. And it, it's, I mean, it's literally at our fingertips. So, Chris, you, have you been to the, the Women's Basketball Hall of Fame before? I have not. It, I, I can tell you, uh, back uh, several years ago, they used to, uh, uh, all the Chick-fil-A's got together and they did a daddy-daughter da- daddy dance date night event. And I was uh, part of one there at the Women's Basketball Hall of Fame. Uh, and, and I will tell you, it's, it is really amazing. Um, and to think about, I mean, you're a sports guy, you know, and, and we have the women's basketball hall of fame right here accessible on a regular basis and you haven't been there much to my chagrin. I have not. Well, now we've just figured out what needs to go on your must do list. I mean, you know, there you go. (laughs) It, it, and I don't, obviously I, I don't mind putting you on the spot, but I think we see that a lot, though. You know, women's women athletes and women's sports, I feel like really gets it gets overlooked a lot. Um, and we have we probably have one of the most impeccable uh, group of women athletes right here in Knoxville, and they just they don't really I don't feel like they really get the support they need. What do you, what do you think, Chris? I I kind of agree with that statement. They really don't. But I my views on it a little weird because one of the things I do around the radio station is I I'm a studio engineer for the Vol Network and the Lady Vol Network. So yeah. I studio engineered a lot of the ladies games through this past season. I've done that for about I think this was my 5th season mm-hmm. doing that. So I've sort of been following it probably more than some do. Right. But yeah. Yeah, and I know uh, I was having some conversations actually last night in women's softball. So our Lady Vol softball team is uh, the viewership of that has been equal to some of our men's basketball games. 
whoa. Yes. Yes. So let that sink in, right? And and then you look at the size and the capacity of our stadiums and the support that they have, um, the amount of scholarships that they have to deal with and contend with. So, um, again, this is uh, – I'll go on forever on this because this is one of my passions. And one of the reasons why my company, His Security Technology, has, is proud to be a corporate sponsor of the Lady Vol Boost Her Club because – they're empower, empowering and inspiring women uh, in as as student athletes and and doing the best, obviously, to help in this new landscape of NIL and, and everything else that is out there. So, um, Chris, you need to go visit the Women's Basketball Hall of Fame. It really is awesome. Uh, you won't be you won't be disappointed for sure. And if you're listening, if you haven't visited, you might want to put it on your your list. So. With that being said, um, that is our topic of the day. And there is a bunch of other things happening around town today as well. The Dogwood Arts Festival is in full swing at World's Fair Park this weekend. This is the 63rd annual festival featuring hundreds of artists, musicians, and food vendors. Hours today are 10 to 7, and admission is absolutely free. The men's baseball team wraps up its three-game series with Mississippi State this afternoon at Lindsey Nelson Stadium. First pitch is at 2 p.m. You can hear John Wilkerson's call of the game on our sister station, WNML. The Sports Animal FM 99.1. Hello, Win Column. Woo! That was a, man, that was a game last night, let me tell you. Uh, and also, you don't want to miss our Lady Vols softball team is taking on Arkansas in Arkansas. That game is televised at 5 tonight on ESPN University. So, if you want to know, learn more about what's happening around town, you can go to visitknoxville.com. That's visitknoxville.com. Thank you again so much to Emily Davis of the National Park Services for being our guest in the first hour. Remember, you must have a parking tag if you plan to visit the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and are going to park for more than 15 minutes. So my next guest this morning, somebody I know very well, uh, but he's here to make sure that your car is road ready and can get you to the Smokies, the beach, or anywhere else you plan to drive this summer. From Matlock Tire Service in Farragut, let's welcome General Manager Tim Williams. Good morning. Good morning, Tim. How are you, sir? Good, sir. Glad to be here. Well, I'm glad that you're here. Uh, you know, we'll we'll give we'll give uh, uh, little little Joe Matlock a hard time because uh, I guess they're apparently out, out on a business trip, and so uh, we were joking that uh, it was too early for Joe to get up anyway. Recreating. I don't know about business, but recreating. <laughs> So, Tim, how long have you been at Matlock Tire? I started uh, with the company back in 1975. So, I've, uh, a long time, long time. Uh, you, I mean, it's almost. Did they have they changed your name to Matlock? Is that your middle name yet, or what? No, I get um, I get confused sometimes. People confuse me sometimes, but that's all good. It's all well, good. But I mean, really, I mean, to speak of just the the ownership and leadership that obviously the Matlock family has carried on for years for for you to have been there uh, as long as you have speaks volumes. Well, I've been blessed to have a place to go to work. That's for sure. Um, our company has been in business since 1953. This is our 70th, 70th year um, wow. in business. So uh, I was thinking about that on the way here this morning. That's there weren't too many years lapsed that I missed out on, so to speak. 
Yeah, you have uh, in in obviously I I you know you and I know each other from many a years back and forth between yes, chamber events and just doing business together is is obviously uh, Matlock is is a prime source of keeping our vehicles on the road. So, it, it, Tim, is there is there like one or two things that really you can say that sticks out in your mind as to how and why you have been a part of this team for as long as you have? Well, like I say, I've I've been blessed to have a place to go to work, and and it's it's it, for the most part during uh, a, a, any given day, it's things that people need help with. People um, appreciate help. You know, for the most part, people really appreciate because they've got to have somebody to turn to. Everything our society has become more of a push button mm. uh, instant gratification and the problem with that is there are a lot of people having to serve in between that to make yeah. all those things happen yeah yeah well you know being a being a uh, contributor to that push button instant gratification world I know very well when when that push button doesn't work, uh, how how difficult that that can be, and uh, how things can go uh, a little awry from there. So, True. you know, we appreciate you guys. I mean, True. so much. I mean, we know what it's like being in the service industry ourselves. That uh, you know, a lot of times when people come to us, they're in they're in a, a serious time of need, um, and you know, we need our vehicles for to get to point A to point B to pick up kids and shuffle kids and maybe take care of a loved one. Um, there's umpteen millions of reasons of why it is so important to have a uh, a caring individual on the other side of that counter uh, when we come in. So. Um, Tim, we're going to take just a quick break and, and then we're going to come back and we're going to dive into, uh, what we can do to pre better prepare and make sure that we're prepared for these summer vacations that are coming up and, uh, keeping our vehicles in tip top shape. So stay tuned with us right here on around the house and news talk 98.7 WOKI. And welcome back to around the house. My name is Scott Brokamp with his security and technology and i am visiting this morning with tib williams general manager at matlock tire um most everybody's familiar with matlock tire services here in town so tim as we talked about <clears throat> briefly in the first segment you have uh well you've been doing this for a few years uh and and you've been with matlock for a very long time so what what have you seen in the evolution of obviously just in the automobile industry in general well for the most part the cars you know the the whole technology has changed it's come from uh not the not the uh wooden wheel but and in my time but but it sure has changed significantly everything now is uh electronic computerized uh you you get a you get a an update on your computer driving down the road you get an mm -hmm. update on your car driving down the road and um it, it it's it's from what people would, would tell you it's there's a computer somewhere talking to your computer telling your car what it's got to be doing and and so many things have changed along with that um you know you've got now of course the electric cars everything's uh headed towards electric 
how that's going to turn out for us, we we don't know. Every day you see good stuff and bad stuff. Mm-hmm. Every time there's a change in the industry, you it, it there's a curve. There's a there's a learning curve and a, a fixing curve, so to speak, and and all these things that they they do to, uh, on a on a daily basis for the yeah. most part well and 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 i know you know this because we've had this conversation but my my first career in life was an auto mechanic and uh went to went to school and got an associate's degree and uh uh had my ase certifications and you know that was a long time ago uh and back then and i remember when computers came out in cars in 1981 and it was, you know, minimal, minimal functions with emissions. Uh, and nowadays, our cars are simply controlled by different computers throughout the entire car. Um, I, I know there was a huge learning curve when, when all of this started. And it took, it took probably 20 years before it really started to kind of standardize and, and make sense and work. So in your experience, you're, you've been through that. You've, you've been in this industry a long time. How do you feel like we have overcome and, and are operating now with the computerized technology uh, in, in our cars? And, and how much has that made things better for us? Well, from a big standpoint, you know, the, uh, the consistency of the automobiles, the uh, reliability, the dependability, that is um, – for the most part has grown to uh, leaps and bounds you know the the uh, reliability of things back in say the 80s you know you, you mentioned 81 you know at that point in time you uh, that that probably was when they started enacting lemon laws uh, mm. because there were uh, every time they make a change in the a, a sweeping change throughout any industry not 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 just automobiles but anytime there's a, a overnight change in the in an industry there's a learning curve of mm. now we got to figure out how to fix this right. because we don't know we've never we've never seen it before right and that's uh, the good thing is you your warranties on automobiles and things uh, you have to take advantage of them a lot of cases because those people don't realize these things they've changed are going to break and they're going to be a problem that they didn't they didn't foresee coming down the pike so mm-hmm. to speak yeah so do you do you see that our at least our maintenance uh of our vehicles now through technology has it has it made it really has it made it that much better at least is the longevity and the maintenance on our vehicles uh it for sure for sure it has the you know the the time intervals for one the time intervals are extended you have less uh you know back in the back in the 80s like you said you know you you change your spark plugs every year you changed mm-hmm. brakes every 20,000 miles you change your tires every 20,000 miles you all these things have gotten better from that extreme because there's less hands on because you know for the most part people don't want to be involved with their car they want to get in it drive it go down the road and and feel reliable that it's going to happen for them when they want it to happen yeah that uh that day of the the quote uh shade tree mechanic and and doing a lot of these maintenance things uh and, and getting in there and tinkering and and playing with things is i mean it's really changed uh for the most part there there are some 
functions of a car, some components of cars and automobiles that are, you know, basically the same as they have Mm -hmm. always been. But all these other things, you know, with your uh, brakes, you've got electric parking brakes and you've got all all these things now that that nobody even could foresee happening Mm -hmm. 20 or 30 years ago. Nobody could foresee that coming down the down to our end but but again it's less involvement from a, a consumer standpoint sure. they they want to get in and drive it sure yeah well and you know if you would have told me when when i got involved in the industry that we were going to be at a point in time that our car was going to tell us when we needed to go service it and it was accurate i would have i would have said you've lost your marbles you know uh because when that when we first came out with computers back in 81 we all know the stories of the hereditary check engine light that we all put our black tape over and <laughs> tried to people still on. do people still they threaten to anyway you know it, it is uh, through the growth of technology, it is it is a lot more accurate than it's ever been, uh, and so I, I think that's one of the things that that I've learned as well. Right? Is is you need to if your car is telling you it needs checked out, you need to get it checked out. Well, and and now of course for several years you've had the uh, uh, some of the brands of cars have the OnStar capability. So OnStar calls in, gives them a message. It's not only uh, you know, the, you you read articles where people uh, have contacted on star from a car wreck, or the cars right. uh, they've been in an accident, they're they're incapacitated. Well, now it's uh, they on star calls and tells them you've got a flat tire. Right. Of course, you have other things to tell you that, but but they they get messages and signals from. Way, uh, other people that aren't involved that's for sure yeah and you know what i mean let's face it it that's that can be a very valuable tool um i it didn't happen to me but it that exact thing happened to uh, somebody i know they were at basically at a shopping mall uh and they were trying to run a quick errand and they got a notification that they had a flat flat tire and through that basically through that technology and that notification they were at least able to take a proactive uh, stance to that, and they were able to still, for the most part, meet the rest of their time constraints for the rest of their day. But again, it started with that basic notification. Well, and it's not the time constraint that's the important part. It's the it's the safety. The safety. Uh, that's we see so many times every every day where people are on the road and they have tire maladies and things like that and they they don't see it coming it's mm-hmm. by the time they by the time they realize it it's it's already too late yeah well and it, it you know at the end of the day a lot of the things that we still do uh, are the same things that we've done for years just in different intervals you know it the importance of of having the service getting the oil changed getting the oil filter changed making sure the tires are are rotated and balanced making sure the alignment is uh is correct and making sure those adjustments are correct yes we have a lot more of those adjustments than we ever had uh, but because of that we can you know now our cars will run truer and and it will help us in that longevity of maintenance um you know in a, a lot of those intervals though are, are i mean they're still the same you know i learned early on the importance of 
of rotating those tires just through the weight distribution of a vehicle that if you're going to if you're going to have long life out of your tire you're going to need to maintain it and and that means you're you're going to need to make sure that those things stay balanced and make sure that they keep rotated um, because if you don't then they're going to get those uh, bad wear patterns and and different things are going to surface that are going to cause premature failure of those items um, and so you know i know that's one of the things that that you guys do very much uh with all your your vehicles that come in that when they come in you guys are checking it check it out the vehicle and trying to say hey there may be a potential problem here let's get it checked out well with cars designed the way they are now for the most part uh, you know in some cases people aren't 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 looking but but for the most part even if you do try to look you can't see you know you you really can't see the condition of can't see the condition of your tires we we see them every day where they they are just about having air hanging out of them where they've worn down through every layer of of structure that there is to a tire and people don't have any have any idea that they're in that condition. So that's something we we really have to look for and need to uh, because it's it's a service that needs to be done. But uh, and again, most people you just can't even, you have to crawl under a car literally to see what uh, what what things look like. Yeah, and if you and if you're like me, you're not crawling under much of anything. <laughs> So, well, we're going to take a short break, but when we come back, we're going to talk about what are some of the things that you need to look for to prepare your vehicle for your summer trips coming up. If you've got questions uh, about vehicle maintenance um, or questions maybe for Tim, uh, give us a call or text 865-656-8255. That's 865-656-8255. We'll be right back here on Around the House at News Talk 98.7 WOKI. And welcome back to Around the House. I'm your host this morning, Scott Brokamp, and I hope you're enjoying a lovely morning around your house this morning. The sun is shining. Uh, man, there was a beautiful sunrise coming in this morning. So uh, we are talking with Tim Williams of Matlock Tire Service talking uh well what do we need to do to keep our car in tip-top shape and be prepared for our summer endeavors as we think about venturing out for our summer vacations if you have questions uh give us a call or text at 865-656-8255 that's 865-656-8255 so tim what what are things that we need to look at in our vehicle if we're say we're getting ready to take that family vacation what are going to be the top things that we need to check and make sure that uh, our car is maintained or to give us the most success on that trip? Well, for the most part, you know, anybody needs to be aware of of uh, the, the simple things to check on a car. You know, you need to, of course, check your fluid levels, check your coolant, check your oil, check those things. Check the time, the last time you had the, the oil changed, you know, to check the last time you had it serviced. If it's, um, if it's due or, or close to due or overdue, uh, by all means, it, it needs to be looked at because there are other things that can be, that will be found or, or, or 
would be nice to know before you head out so to, to save you having problems on the road you know i passed uh, three people on i-75 this morning hmm. with uh, uh changing flat tires and and obviously different kinds of problems but but nonetheless it, it's all around us and and the back you know today like i say the cars are so much more uh forgiving and and consistent with things uh you know back back when um back years ago there was no i-75 through here you drove down highway 11 <coughs> to chattanooga to hit an interstate to go to florida that's what that's what people had to do so it was bumper to bumper traffic in the worst time of the year with probably the worst generation of automobiles that um uh, bumper to bumper traffic 90 degrees so there were breakdowns of all sorts of things but now we you know you need to check your air pressure in your tires check the tires somebody needs to look at that and it's uh it it, it just doing as much as you can do to keep yourself from having a problem right. trying to plan ahead enough to to make sure that doesn't happen uh, unnecessarily well and in some of the simple things too right like i mean check check your blinkers make sure that all your your blinker lights are working of course our cars are better in tune to let us know when they're not nowadays but check your headlights have somebody help you check your brake lights make sure all your lights work uh you, you know check those windshield wipers um and nothing worse than when you're on vacation or traveling somewhere and you're going down the road and you hit a nice little rainstorm and then you realize oh man i meant to change my wiper blades you know i mean these things can be hazardous uh obviously as you're on the journey um and, and but we don't we don't a lot of times look at those as maintenance items you know well and it's good really I know it sounds extreme, but we do forget about simple things like windshield wipers. We go so long without using them, and then then you get into the rain, uh, and you forget because it quits raining. You go to work, you just you you overlook it. Uh, make a note when you notice something that's not uh, not everybody's got a cell phone. Uh, no, but not everybody has a pencil and paper sitting on the dash of the car. But but make a note. You know, make a note that, uh, man, these things were horrible. Today, I need to do something about them next time I'm I'm uh, at a point of, of doing it. That way, you're a little better prepared. But most of the cars have so many warning signs now, uh, warning indications. If you have uh, a blinker out or a tail light out, it, but nothing's full, foolproof. Everything's good when it's working. Uh, you just have to you, you have to be familiar enough to know that it's working that's, sure. that's the best thing is try to be educated about your car if you look over a um a service interval from a car manufacturer there are so many things that it's it's checking everything on a car that it, it check your cigarette lighter check it, it's things that you know we forget and assume that yeah, we'd know if it's not working, but right. but we're not using all those components all the time. Yeah. So, uh, and you can't be behind the car to see your tail lights. You can't, you know, those kinds of things. It's it, be familiar with your car, and and again, make a note, make a note if there's something that um, uh, doesn't you, you don't recognize. 
Sure. Well, but, nowadays it's so easy as you're in your car to, you know, hey, Google, hey, Siri, right? Just that's uh, right. just remind me to do X, Y, and Z. Um, so, you, you know, I mean, it, it, it has been made easier. So, but you mentioned service intervals. How, how is the, how have service intervals changed over the years? Well, today the, uh, uh, the, the industry, all, all the industries have changed, you know, electronics, the, everything is changing about automobile. Um, but the fluids, the fluids and the fluid requirements for the newer cars, uh, have prolonged, uh, life expectancies. You've got uh, uh, long life antifreeze. So what used to be done every year, uh, and our our weather our weather encouraged that back years ago. But what used to be done every year of of flushing your antifreeze, mm-hmm. uh, the chemicals have changed. The life expectancy has changed. So now it's five years, five or six years. It it's not a lifetime. The oil, uh, engine oil, uh, you, if you walk in a parts store today, look for an oil filter, you'll find everything from a, you'll find a 10,000-mile oil filter, a 15,000-mile oil filter. You find all these things that didn't exist 20 years ago. And, you know, one case, it's made a market for somebody. It's, put, it's kept a job for some folks, but uh, the lifespan has increased. Uh, again, the oils, it's you know, five to 7,000 miles, 10,000 miles. What's, mm-hmm. what was unheard of 20 years ago. Right. Right. Well, and in, in, in just in the technology of, of the materials themselves. Right. I mean, I remember sure. when, uh, when I went to college in one of my courses for automotives was a fuels and lubricants class. And we had to learn and understand, uh, what viscosity was and how it worked and how oil worked. And, um, you know, oil in itself is as it, it, collects the dirt into polymers and then those polymers get big enough that then it runs through the filter and the filter grabs those polymers and keeps it from circulating back through the engine so as the technology has changed in those fluids you know it has better abilities to break things down our filtration systems are are more inept to uh, remove a lot of those um, dirts and grimes Um, you know it used to be I remember back in the days when you change your oil, you pull the plug and, and man, that engine oil was just dirty black as all can be. And, and nowadays it's very surprising to see that cars that running after running 5,000 miles come in there and that engine oil is still pretty, pretty clean looking. You, you rarely see it black like that anymore. And in a diesel motor, the, the more impurities there, but, but, uh, rarely see it just black, like, like you're talking about because that that's true you you can't imagine the the difference from then till now and, and now the oil is so much thinner hmm. that um uh, again take advantage of the prolonged time frame take advantage of it just don't <laughs> don't don't overdo it right uh, because it's it's an expensive thing along with the prolonged time frame uh the cost factor has gone up sure. you know it's and it's people don't realize Sometimes it's a sticker shock on some of the, and again, it's the requirements. It's the fluids that are required. It may be the filter required. All these things are required by that manufacturer to keep your car under under any kind of warranty, mm-hmm. uh, preventively. So 
you know, it again, it's driven up the cost, and it, it is a surprise sometimes. Sure. So m- most of our cars nowadays, uh, it, you know, obviously the newer cars, the manufacturer still comes out with service intervals um, for um, – and I don't remember what the, the time frames on most of them are now, but obviously they used to give you preventative maintenance um, service intervals for things to do. Now, do you guys provide that service at Matlock? We do, yes, we we do. And um, you, again, being familiar with your car and what may or may not be needed, we we try to look at a car, uh, individual car, and and the consumer. And, you know, some things are necessary, some things aren't. Some some may be overkill. Hmm. You know, you've got um, uh, in, in, a, uh, in a manual, you've got a uh, severe duty service interval. Right. Well, most of us, we're not severe duty. We're, we're driving a car, get in it, drive from point A to point B, but it's not like a taxi cab. It's not like a police car that's running 24-7. Those kinds of things, there are things that they would recommend doing at earlier times, but we try to take each thing individually and say, you know, don't, 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 don't make the investment here. You don't need it. It's not broken. Let's, let's move on. Tend tend to the things that, that, uh, are, are a safety B, uh, important to keep your car running, but, um, tend to those things that are, that are, um, you know, more important at, at the present time. Sure. Yeah. And you know, it used to be, I mean, you had to go in again, I'll date myself a little bit, but you know, it was engine oil, transmission fluid and filters and differential fluid. And, uh, you, you know, the service of, of so many items in, and nowadays with, with the technology and the types of, uh, drivetrains and transmissions and everything else we have again is it has helped to decrease in a lot of that maintenance sure. um, that has been required or that we used to look at I'll I'll never forget the first vehicle I looked at and I went I'm like well we probably need to change the transmission fluid and they're like this is a non-serviceable transmission I'm like what do you mean <laughs> so you know it, it has changed it has changed a lot over time absolutely no so, doubt about it Uh, Well, we are going to take a quick break, and uh, we'll come back and wrap up speaking with Tim Williams from Matlock Tire Service. If you have questions about your car, give us a call or text 865-656-8255. That's 865-656-8255. We'll be right back here on Around the House. I'm Scott Brokamp on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Yeah, welcome back to Around the House. This is Scott Brokamp. And I am sitting here chatting with Tim Williams from Matlock Tire Service. Um, Matlock has been here in business for a very long time. 1953, they started their, celebrating their 70th year in business here locally. Um, just a great local company that uh, well, Tim and I were just kind of sitting here talking, you know, as, as business goes, uh, their philosophy, much like ours at his securing technology is, is we're going to, we're going to deal with each each customer at a time. Uh, everybody has their their own uh, particular things that need to be dealt with, and they need to be dealt with in its own particular manner. There is no just blanket solution or blanket answer that will will cover anything when it comes to your car or your vehicle. Uh, obviously, there's there's 
things that you can do for preventative maintenance um, to help make sure that your car and you get the, the best life out of that car. Um, but I know as again, we we're em, embarking upon summer. Uh, it used to be back in the good old days, you'd have to make sure to get your air conditioner service to make sure it was ready to go. And of course, nowadays, uh, not so much, but if you haven't turned your air on, now's a good time to try it out, check it out, make sure that it's functioning properly. Um, you know, the last thing you want to do is get ready to go on vacation and find out that it's not, uh, working properly. Uh, I had a situation in my car that the air just, it just quit working and, uh, I noticed it, uh, in one of those hot spells that we had before we got into spring. And, uh, of course I was like, well, I'm not going to deal with it right now. I don't need it. Uh, but I got it in and, and then what I found out was that it has some special new Freon that just came out a year or so ago. Uh, and, and it was, you know, it took like an extra day to get the car fixed because there's only one machine that you can use to do this. And, uh, you know, what, what are you guys, as far as your company at Matlock, obviously as things change, it takes a lot to stay on top of that. How, how do you feel that you guys kind of are, are different in that stance of, of being aware of what these new things are that are coming out? Well, it's a constant evolution. Uh, like we've said, it's constant evolution of technology. So uh, a lot of these things have been, say, mandated by the government. Uh, the Freon that you just mentioned, for example, that's been mandated by the government. So they're constantly changing that, which, uh, again, drives up the cost, the end cost to the consumer. But along with that, of course, there are people like us in the business to uh, uh, deal with those things. So you have to have new equipment. Mm. Old stuff doesn't work with new stuff. Back in the day, back in the day, um, you bought Freon, it was a dollar a pound. You bought a, your, your, your dad could go buy two cans at Kmart for a dollar a piece and, and service his air conditioner right. before you on trip. And he did it every year. Yeah. And, and again, now when things are working, when things are working, it's great. Uh, but it's, uh, and those time intervals have changed for the most part. Invariably there will be a, uh, there'll be a time frame come where it's not, a run of a specific car but you'll you may have trouble with a your car your next door neighbor doesn't so uh there's there's no rhyme or reason to to most of that it just it just happens when it happens but one thing i would mention uh, talking about the air conditioner uh, because of the heat one thing that uh, gets overlooked uh quite often are the age of our tires uh, you'll see more and more as we hit a, a constant 80 degrees uh, temperature and higher, you'll see more and more and more scraps of tires on the road. Mm. And for the most part, these aren't truck tires. They're not retreads. They're they're basically just old tires. And, again, some of that's happened because the tires are lasting so much longer. Mm-hmm. And they get overlooked Um the other side of that is all a lot of the cars have these high performance tires, so they're not around long enough to. Uh, they cost a lot more. They they wear out very quickly. They're not around long enough to accrue that age. But so many tires are on the road today that that are are too old to be on the road. 
sure and they're coming apart they, they literally come apart and that's something you don't you don't want to experience if you don't have to right um don't let it happen but but when you see the guy pull over the side of the road and he shredded tires for half a mile while uh, imagine that being your car uh, and, and take the advice of somebody uh, in the business or or otherwise that can tell you hey these things they need to be they need to it's time to let them go yeah yeah well and, and i mean again and that that maintenance of those tires making sure to check the uh check the tread on them and make sure that they're um you, you know at an acceptable level a safety concern and a safety level because you're right uh, heat is one of the most detrimental things to not just a tire uh car batteries you know uh i would tell you car batteries seem to last uh shorter and shorter lifespans now than they ever have uh it seems like but of course with all the electronics that are going the the draw on those obviously uh it is a little different too but heat is uh heat is is it's just a killer it's a killer on things on your automobile um all the way from the tires just from maybe a temperature outside to uh your battery life and then obviously your vehicle's producing heat so making sure cooling property uh is is always uh of top of mind to keep that longevity of that vehicle going as well so absolutely uh you, you know one of the things that in that goes into the design of your vehicle is is air moving through the vehicle as the vehicle moves. So when you find yourself in those situations, sitting in traffic, if you're traveling this summer and uh, you're sitting there and you're just sitting in traffic, of course, our cars have, have come a very long way and they do a great job of keeping themselves cool. Uh, but those are those are some things to, to watch out for is that when you're sitting still and sitting idling, you don't have that air moving. Uh, and, and that can uh, can create some susceptibility to uh you know if there's some maintenance items that have been overlooked or that, that you have not been preserving well uh again that heat plays a factor into uh, those <clears throat> those types of situations tim i know we hear a lot about nitrogen in tires nowadays how has that impacted the lifespan of of our tires and and the use of of our tires well for the most part nitrogen was a big thing a bigger thing probably five years ago five six seven years ago and it was a, a push throughout a sweep throughout the industry uh the, the the nitrogen is supposed to be more dense than regular areas um all tires have migration of, of air through them ultimately sooner or later so it's um uh, anything you can do to help but more important thing is to get in there and check your air pressure consistently. Uh, you know, the old rule of thumb was once a month. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and you gotta you gotta keep check on those things. So, um, any rate, Tim, thank you so much for joining us. And if you're getting ready to take your summer trip, go visit our friends at Matlock. If you've missed part of our broadcast and want to listen to an episode again, there's a link on my website. Just go to hissecurity.com and click on the ATH radio tab to find past shows. I want to thank my guests for being on the program today, Emily Davis with the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and Tim Williams from Matlock Tire. Around the House is produced by News Talk 98.7 with guest coordination services from B-Media Savvy. Have a great weekend. Tune in next week and enjoy your time around the house.